I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach, and in this lesson, I want to overview the post-production workflow in this particular instance for a feature film, but you can extract it towards a music video, obviously a short film, a vlog, whatever the case may be. So, step one, after any sort of shoot, you want to make sure to organize the footage, footage as well as audio. You want to make sure it's labeled properly, organized into folders and so forth. Now, my tip to you is, especially the more footage you have, the more organized you want to be, obviously. Because a lot of digital cards now have like these weird file name labels, I always like to keep those at the end of whatever file name that I'm creating. So, you know, if I'm working on a movie that's like Phil, uh, you know, maybe I call it Phil for the title of the movie, underscore the scene number, or perhaps the date, the take, and so forth. And then at the end, I just leave, you know, D784C, blah, 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 right? So I can always know what the original file name was in case I need to pull it back in from somewhere else. You know, maybe I didn't copy it or so forth, right? So, I don't know. It's just, for me, it's always good to have on hand the original file name as well. So, that's step one that a lot of novice editors and people in post-production, like, especially when they're just doing their own projects, forget. And it actually, you know, it slows them down in the long run. So, that's step one. Step two is then ingesting that into your edit system and organizing it there. So whether it's on Avid, Premiere, Final Cut, doesn't matter, I always have bins for sequences, footage, music, graphics, visual effects, sound effects, and you can kind of make up your own, and within those I have, you know, subfolders and so forth, but I, I like to kind of then have that ready for there, uh, so that way I know what's what. Right? Organization, I can't stress enough, by putting in this work early on, it saves so much trouble later on. After that, I start to, you know, observe the footage. Now, part of organizing is also, you know, you can kind of couple that step together where as you're organizing, you watch the footage through a little bit and, you know, know what the hell you got. I talked about this in another episode of mine, the importance of really knowing your footage. As an editor, that's your true strength. How are you going to know how to fix mistakes or what the best performances are if you don't know the footage? So that is the next key step after once you've really organized everything, get to know the footage, study it, and make notes because you're never going to fully remember it. So and, you know, with, with all these edit systems, you can take notes within there you know, with certain comments, but I also recommend having like another worksheet, whether it's digital or or having like physical pen and paper. And so you have all these things, you know, oftentimes like if you are working on a narrative, having the script and, you know, jotting down like for this particular line of dialogue, these are the great takes, whatever the case may be, right? So you know, moving forward, how that how that is. From there, my whenever... I do a first edit, I call this the assembly edit. You just kind of, what you want to do is just tell the story, right? As it was intended, you just kind of lay it all out and see what's what. You know, you're obviously making certain cuts, but at the same time, you're not spending too much time finessing audio. You're certainly not doing any color correction. You 
might be trimming stuff later on, but right now it's not yours to say like, oh, this line should be taken out of the script because it doesn't work in the context of the film or whatever else. So, you know, uh, overall, you just want to you just want to get a good picture of the movie, so that way, once it is assembled, you can then start to make those next decisions. But you know, uh, in this part of the process, you're not going to have visual effect shots, so. You know, even just giving a rough idea of what it may be. So, like, you know, someone looks at the phone and there's supposed to be a picture that comes up. Maybe you have the shot of the phone and then you just very crudely put the picture as an overlay so that it, it indicates, like, this is what's going to happen. Maybe there's times, like, that you don't have a particular line of ADR, but you know it's going to need to be put in. So, you just put a shot that you need and then, you know, put some text over ADR colon, and then the line, whatever it may be. So so later on, whether it's you or somebody else that's watching it, they can kind of visualize or you know internalize what's supposed to be happening. But overall, I try to make that process as light and fast, right? But the quicker you can get to a visual representation of what it's going to be, the better. Because then you can start to assess the actual edit, the flow of things. Should we switch a scene from, you know, here, from 40 minutes in, should we actually place it in about 30 minutes because that might be better? Uh, should we cut a scene entirely? Should we trim certain lines of dialogue? Like what's working, what's not? And that's a big component of it. Hence why I like to you know make the assembly as lightning fast, uh, so I can make those decisions then. Now the other thing you know, it, 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 you might have noticed this as I'm talking about it. I'm not spending a lot of time on sound. You know, I might put in temp music if, if you know, a composer has some, or I just might pull in my own just to kind of give it a certain flavor, but I'm not spending that much time on it. And I'm, like I said, I'm certainly not spending time on the visual effects, the graphics, or, or the color correction, right? So the whole idea is, with an edit, is to get to quote-unquote picture lock. So picture lock is when at all the edits are in place, you've made all those decisions, so that way nothing visually changes. Once that happens, then you have the ability to move on to the other processes like sound design, music composition, color correction, and so forth. Now, in big budget movies, a lot of this can be kind of be done simultaneously. And sometimes, especially like with music composition, a lot of musicians will be writing music that will be placed in, and then, you know, when time comes, if the, the timing shifts a little bit, they can kind of adjust it. But in, I know, you know, when, when you're doing things on a lower budget or by yourself, you don't want to be, a, if you're doing it by yourself, you don't want to be wasting that time doing color correction and retiming certain things, you know, in terms of sound design, and conversely, if you are working with somebody else, but you have a low budget, you know, them having to go back in and, and redo stuff or retime things, well, that's going to cost you more money. So you want to get the picture lock, and that way, you know, they can do their job in the, the most efficient, effective way, in the least time-consuming way, so that way, you know, it's costing you less money. And that's... all. That's really the big component of it. Always go for the visual first, and then you can worry about the other stuff, right? And when I say visual, I don't mean the color. Um, I'm talking about the edit particularly. Because then, now, 
the visual effects artists know the timing of shots and how they need to manipulate them. Again, the composer knows the timing of certain cues for the music. The color correctionist has all the shots he would ever need. The sound designer knows all the things as well. And, you know, one big component, at, whether you are doing it yourself or, or not, is you want to make sure that when you're sending this stuff that they have handles to work with. And this isn't particularly true for sound design and color correction and visual effects. Because what handles means is it's just a little bit, like if you use a two-second shot, but let's say on the off chance in the future you might need to like even just nudge it a couple of frames for one reason or other, well, you have the ability because those handles are you know, adding additional length to the front end as well as the back end. So that way, you know, even though you're using that two second, uh, two seconds of a particular shot, you have the ability to trim, you know, and add more to it both on the front and the end. So that's what handles means. And, you know, whenever I work with people, I always want the source files, the individual clips back. I never, you know, if, if you send out something to sound design or or a colorist or even like graphics they'll mainly I mean the final product is in, in terms of color corrections it's like one video file of it, everything color corrected you know sound design is going to be you want the you want a dialogue track a music track a sound effects track but with that it doesn't leave you room to change things up if you need to. So all those things are good and you should have those because that's what's going to ultimately combine to make your final product. But you also want the original stuff in case like you need to, you know, let's say you have a lower third and the graphics guy misspelled someone's name. So by having the original files that they used, you can make that edit yourself very easily and then integrate it back into the project. And what's cool kind of with Adobe is that it allows for this integration that they call it the dynamic link. So it's a lot easier in today's day and age to be able to have that back and forth workflow between Premiere and Audition for sound design and, and such, and Premiere and After Effects or even Premiere and Photoshop. You know, all these things are just absolutely wonderful uh, in this day and age that we live in. But that's a quick overview of uh, the post-production process. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot more nuances within those certain things, and certainly I didn't necessarily talk about the, the output side of it, um, which is the final stage, but, uh, but that all depends on where you're going. You know, nowadays, I imagine most of you watching this are probably just doing this to output your videos to, to something like a YouTube, a Vimeo, and so forth, and uh, what's nice is they have those settings, like I know Premiere in particular has those settings within its exporting, so that way you can pick the best settings for those categories, and uh, I know Avid has started adding that as well, so, you know, everyone's kind of really made it easy in terms of the output side as well. Anyway, that's, like I said, a general overview of the post-production process, but I'd be very curious to know what questions you have. I'm happy to answer the more specific you are with your questions, the more specific I can be with my answers for you. But anyway, hope you found this helpful, and feel free to check out any of my other lessons as well. You can do so by subscribing, by following. In general, I'm at Bill Svitek on 
across all the various social platforms, whether Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, and so forth. Anyway, thank you. See you next time.